Let's pray. I got to get out of the way. We got to let God show up, right? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity today to speak your word. Help me to get out of the way. To get out of the way. Let your word shine forth. Let your message come out. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about taking care of business. I thought that was a little cute, kind of wake it up. Yeah. You like taking care of, who's a BTO fan? Anybody? You? Okay. All right. Bunch of old people in here. All right. Oh, was, was this on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Today's message, I think, is going to be short, be simple, but with that, I really think, if, if, if you hear, don't, don't hear me, if you hear the message, it can change your life. It's changed mine. It can change yours. How many of you know that any time I get a chance to speak, you're going to hear a certain word other than pray. Who knows what it is besides him? <laughs> Assignment, right? Every chance I get, no matter what I'm speaking on, somehow that's going to get worked in. How many of you know that you have an assignment? God has given you an assignment. Before you were born, He prepared you for his plan. He's given you everything that you need to accomplish that purpose, that plan. So I put that under the umbrella of the assignment. Now sometimes when you're walking your path, the assignment seems to be going pretty smooth. Hey, this is all right. This is easy. This is great. Smooth sailing. But sometimes some unexpected things come up. Is there anybody in this building today that you've been going along in life and something unexpected came up? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I may have said it before, but years and years ago, I knew that God had a, a call on my life. And I began to study, and I began to take uh, classes and so on, and, and had it all kind of planned out, and then I got divorced. And that was unexpected. Because uh, where I was, if you got divorced, you could not get credentialed. You could not go into the ministry officially, you, you could not. So there was some unexpected things on the path I was on. We've all had that. Sometimes we'll face circumstances and situations on our path. A little bit later on, we're going to be praying, but situations and circumstances. But it happens. It's a part of life, right? It's a part of our walk. It's not all smooth sailing. Sometimes 
there's some unexpected things that come up. We're going to take a look in, if you have your Bibles, if you could turn to 1 Timothy. Just kind of open that up there. That's going to be the main part that we're going to. We're going to touch a few verses in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we'll look at a little bit in 1 Timothy chapter 2. But I want to talk about um, what's going on here. I want to set the scene a little bit where we, we've got Paul. He's writing this letter to Timothy. At this time, Paul is older. He's near the end of his ministry. He was executed approximately AD 68. Okay, so just kind of get this in perspective. About 68. When 1 Timothy was written, it's probably just a couple years before that, mid-60s somewhere. Okay, so whether you, you think it's 64, 65, it's near the end of his life. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Everybody's heard of Paul, right? We, we, we know from, you know, looking at the book of Acts and, and looking at some of the other epistles, he's done a great work. He's been on missionary journeys, setting up churches, you, you know, He's done a great work. Well, while you've got your finger in 1 Timothy, I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians real quick. We'll just spend a little bit of time there. Just want to read something. This is 2 Corinthians 11. Starting in verse 24. These are reader glasses, so, you know, you put those on, now you have to even get closer. Verse 24, this is Paul. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day... I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure." And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Now, I'm going to stop there, but I, I want to make a point with this before I go on, is that, you know, sometimes when we think uh, of Paul, we think of the good things. Hey, Paul established the early church. He was out there. He was making it happen. He was taking care of business, right? He was out there on the missionary journeys. Flocks of people were getting saved. And then you get these visions of of some televangelist something or other. But remember, Paul had unexpected situations come up. He had circumstances and situations in his life that was a part of his 
assignment. Now, Paul is taking time to write this letter to Timothy, who is a young pastor. So you've got the experienced Paul, who's near the end of his life, who's gotten all this experience in the ministry, the good parts and the bad parts. And you've got Timothy, young guy, taking on responsibility. And we're going to take a look at something here, but I want to interject. How many, and kind of mentioned it this morning, how many of you are familiar with American Idol? Okay, a few, maybe half. Okay, one of, the, one of the things that happens in American Idol is all these thousands and thousands of people go through this process of elimination, and then it gets down to a smaller group, and they go on the live show. And during the week, a special guest comes in and gives them advice and, and talks to them. And honestly, many of them, I don't even know who they are. But they're, oh, it's so-and-so, you know, it's, I, I can't even think of anybody, but, you know, hey, it's Katy Perry, you know, she, and, and they get all excited, they get all giddy, they get all, but then, oh, Jonas, one of the Jonas Brothers, I think, was on recently, right? My sister used to babysit the Jonas Brothers, it's the funniest thing, but nonetheless, one of the Jonas Brothers was on there. And these guys, these young, aspiring singers come in and they see it and they're, oh, and then they start to talk about music and they listen intently. They pay attention to what's being said by that experienced star, whether it's Carrie Underwood, uh, Jonas, brother, whoever. Garth Brooks. Who? Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. I don't know that he's been on there, but okay. Uh, I'm waiting for the Moody Blues to show up on there, and that's just not happening, you know? Just not happening. <laughs> so these young, aspiring singers are listening intently to the advice because that person has made it. They've gone through it. In the same way, you've got Timothy and Paul. Paul's gone through some things. Now, Paul, let's turn to 1 Timothy, read a couple of verses, just to give us a flavor of what's going on here. 1 Timothy 1, look at verse 3. This is Paul. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Here's what I want to point out here. Paul was in Ephesus with Timothy. Paul was leaving to Timothy, you stay. You've got to fix this. There's some issues here. You're in charge. 
Part of your assignment here is to take on the responsibility to, to address these issues. Now, I want to, if, if you have, how many are ESV folks in here? Most people, okay. NIV, some King James, okay, a few, all right, we've got a few. For those that look at verse 3, put this back on again. The second, the third word in there is, as I urged, if you have the ESV, as I urged. Now, was that passive? Is that, is that a, hey, if you think of it, if, if, if you're not too busy, it, it, there's, there's a, a, a sense of earnestness. There's a sense of seriousness or an intensity to what Paul's talking about. Now remember, Paul's been through a lot. Now he's sharing with Timothy and he's urging him to take on this responsibility. He needs to correct some things that are going on. Flip a page if you have the ESV I do. Let's take a look at verse 18. And this is Paul. It says, this charge I entrust to you. Now, in some versions it says this, he's giving instruction. But this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith in a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Among them are Hemenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, Paul is reminding Timothy of his assignment. He is saying, hey, this is an assignment that was coming from God. Now, whether that prophetic message was through Paul or somebody else, it, it, it was a man of God. There was a, a prophetic utterance of, of so to, to inject into Timothy his assignment. Timothy's taking the seriousness of things. Now, this is where it starts to get good. You ready? All right. Pretty exciting stuff, right? Yeah, I see it. These next few words. First of all, as my voice cracks. <laughs> first of all, first of all, then. First of all, let, let's take a look at that phrase for a second. Paul, as we know, is talking to Timothy, reminding him of his assignment. Paul, having all that experience that, that we, we know about, the missionary journeys, the starting of the churches. Remember everything I read in 2 Corinthians of the beatings that he's had. He's been stoned. He's been shipwrecked. He's, all these things that have happened to him in his life, and his ministry, on his assignment. And now, 
He's talking to Timothy as one giving advice, as one that's giving guidance. And he says, now that you know your assignment and you are starting to walk in it, the very first thing, the highest priority out of everything that we could be talking about, the highest priority, pay attention, it's coming. He says, then, let's pause for a second. Why is then there? Because of the assignment, because of that responsibility, the highest priority, pay attention, Timothy. I urge, there's that word again. There's a seriousness to it. There's some, some oomph to it. There's some urgency. There's some passion. And what Paul's telling Timothy he isn't passively, hey, you know, if you think of it, uh, you know, uh, when you're doing your, now I lay me down to sleep. God bless the foods and hands that prepared it. No. There's an urgency to it. There's, he says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Now, I want to point out some things here. Now, some of us may have, in our church history, say, well, that's the list of all the types of prayers that there are. No, that's not Paul's intent here. It's not. He's covering a few words to cover all aspects of prayer, but when we look at the Greek, and we're going to look at these three. I broke them down a little bit because everybody's got to have a little bit of Greek, right? Is there anybody that can speak Greek here? <laughs> That's not food related, okay? Okay, so I can really butcher these pronunciations and you guys wouldn't know the difference, right? One of us might. But I looked up the, these words to, to get a better flavor. And the word for supplications, the Greek word is diasis. How's that? Does that sound, sound okay? It starts with a D. How's that? All right? Diasis. We'll go with that. It's asking a favor in some special necessity. Asking humbly and earnestly, it stresses the need. Now, it's technically possible that you can express that need or stress the need to another person, okay, by definition. Now, in, in this sense, it's tied with the next word that comes, comes in, which is prosioke. It almost sounds Greek. Prosioke. If I say it faster, it sounds more convincing. Prosioke. There we go. This is a general term for prayer. It's always a prayer to God. It's a word restricted to sacred use. 
It stresses the element of devotion. And when used in conjunction with diasis, it's used to denote a more specific need. Okay? So there's a building of intensity. There's a building of, uh, of what Paul's talking about. I always get the sense when, when Paul, he's always building and leading up to and making it stronger. Well, in, the, in these words that he's chosen, there's a sense of generality and then more specific and the intensity is building. And the next word he uses, in English we, we have it translated intercessions. And in Greek it's euxus. And euxus. Go with that. Now, intercession can be defined as praying for another person. Interceding. I'm interceding on behalf of Jeremiah. I'm praying for him. Okay? But there's a, a, a meaning that's tied into this Greek word that has a childlike confidence in prayer. Well, what does that mean? Well, a childlike confidence is you take God at his word. You approach God as if, as if what he said is true. You approach God as if he is capable. You approach God as if he is able. You believe what God said. As a child believes that new information that he or she may get. How many times have, have any one of us talk to a child, and, and maybe, we, maybe we told them about Santa Claus. And then at Christmas time, what do they do? They're looking on the roof for Santa Claus. Maybe Rudolph. Because they've taken information and they believed it because they were a child and they accepted what was given to them as truth. So be careful what you tell your children. It's a side note. A childlike confidence of intimate approach to God on behalf of others. It's prayer in its most urgent form. So Paul is using these three terms, and there's one yet to come. There's a building up of intensity of these terms, talking about prayer. And the fourth term is translated thanksgiving, Eucharisty, grateful language to God as an act of worship. We should, hey, when we pray... We need to have a grateful language in our prayer. God is great. God is good. And it's just not let, him, let us thank Him for our food. Amen. He's awesome. He's awesome. Our prayers should 
reflect that gratefulness on the things that he's done, the things that he's doing, and the things that he's yet to do. Paul, talking to Timothy, is saying, this, first of all, foundational, a priority, is what you need to do. You need to pray. For who? For what? For what result? Well, I'm glad you asked that. For all people. So look on here. I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. I often wondered why he, he put that. And we, we need to be praying for people of high position, for kings, for those of, of greater responsibility, of, of people that are teachers, people that have, have that responsibility. God's put them in that place. That we need to be lifting them up in prayer. But before that, he said, for all people. For all people. You mean even the king? Even the king. Even the one that hates you. Even the one that is out to kill you. Even the one that you may consider your enemy. Pray for all people. Why? Here's the big crescendo. You guys getting ready for this? Thank God. Who said that? I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. I'll read the whole thing just for fun. Genesis chapter 1. No. <laughs> First of all, then, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness, in reverence, in seriousness, in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior. So there's two points here. The first word being peaceful. The result of us praying is for a peaceful result. And I want to point out something here is as we are praying for people in authority, understand who the source is of our peace. Is it the king? No, the source of our peace is God Almighty. Now, we pray for our king because that king's going to make decisions that may impact our life. The president will make decisions that will impact our life. We need to lift him up. 
We need to lift up those in government positions that God can speak to them so they make godly decisions that affect our life. As we do that, the result, a peaceful or an outward impact, think of this as the majority of the prayer requests that are out there. Health, finances, things that were, you were on your assignment, things that have come up. Well, I didn't expect to get sick. There's circumstances in my life that I did not expect. There are issues at work. There are issues in the family. There are distractions. There are issues in the community, issues in the country, issues in the world. These are all things that are outside of you that impact your life. The highest priority Paul is teaching Timothy is to pray. Pray. The result will impact all these outside circumstances and situations. You see, they can change. Do you hear me? Situations and circumstances can change. Pray as if that's true. Be childlike in your approach to prayer. Believe that God is able to affect your situation, to change circumstances, to heal the hurt, to heal the body, to touch your emotions. God is able. And when we pray, believing that God is able, with a passion, not passivity, but a passion, your situations can change because of who He is. Now the second part of that, so that we can live quiet, it's an inward Man, you got to hear this. You got to hear this part. No matter what the situations are, no matter what those unexpected circumstances that arose up, God is able. But there's an inward peace that allows you to deal with anything. You can walk around with the confidence with the peace that's in your heart because of who He is. No matter what the situations and circumstances are, we have God's peace inside of us. And I'm going to close on this. Turn to Philippians 4. Verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I will listen to Paul as he's speaking to Timothy. He's got the experience. He's lived his assignment. He's coming to the end of his assignment. Timothy's at the beginning. Each one of us, we're on assignment. Paul took care of business. Timothy took care of business. Are we taking care of business? Now the song for Bachman-Turner Overdrive, that chorus, says taking care of business every day. Are we taking care of business every day? Are we praying every day? Taking care of business every way. Are we lifting up our brothers and sisters Are we praying for our church, our leaders? You should pray for yourself and your family too. Are we taking care of business every way? Now this next one, they didn't know they were preaching, did they? When they wrote this. (laughs) Taking care of business, it's all mine. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Take care of business. I love the prayer requests. Write them down. That does not absolve you from praying for that situation. That allows us to join together. To lock arm in arm. To battle what needs battled to intercede for one another. It's all mine. We should have that passion in prayer. Taking care of business and working overtime. You know what? It should be a joy to work overtime in prayer. For me it is. My hope today is that for some of you, I got to work this in. Sorry. I apologize now. Some of you heard Laurel. (laughs) Some of you heard Yanni. But we'll explain later. But for all of you, I hope you heard the message of the importance and priority of prayer. Amen? All right, let's stand up. We're going to pray for these prayer requests right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together thanking you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for this time that we can join together as a church family. 
Lord, there's several prayer requests here, situations. Hmm. Daniel needs two more surgeries. Brittany, recovering from surgery. Kenny, moved to UH from the VA because of brain cancer complications. Brittany's grandpa, who was just diagnosed with stage four cancer. God, you are able to touch these people, to change circumstances and situations. You are the God that can breathe life where there is no life. You can touch and heal bodies that are diseased. You can change circumstances. Father, as Daniel and Brittany are engaged, you are joining together as part of your plan. Father, we ask your blessing on them. Father, for these others, thyroid issues, hip issues, back issues, physical problems, health issues. A diagnosis of cancer. Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you are a healing God. We thank you, Father, as we pray and lift these folks up to you, that you would touch their circumstances and situations. That they would change according to your will, according to your word. And Father, we pray for your peace that passes all man's understanding. We cannot comprehend your peace. But Father, nonetheless, we pray for your peace to be in all of our hearts, in the hearts of those that are written on paper, in the hearts of those that are in this building, and the others. Father, we give you praise and honor and glory you are awesome. In Jesus' name, amen.